Thanks for listening to audio from Rockhaven Church. For more information on our ministry, please visit us at our website at www.rockhavenchurch.org. Good morning. My name is John McCosh. Uh, somebody this morning said, oh, you're the new pastor from Nevada. And um, I do want to say thank you so very much to my church family uh, for permitting and giving me an opportunity to, um, I don't know, to, to work in a, in a way and a manner. To, we met so many fantastic people, and I pray we were a light uh, just a few states away. Uh, somebody asked me if I got homesick, and the truth was no, because I met so many people from Granite Falls there. <laughs> and so the only thing that could have made it better is to have all y'all there too, so... Uh, this morning, uh, we are gathered here, right? And so many of you are so happy uh, that uh, your wife said, wear the sweater, right? Put on the jacket. It's getting kind of warm here. I want you to be comfortable, right? Rest, relax. Uh, we're going to spend some time in God's Word together. And this morning, I'd like to start with Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Listen, is that the fans or the rain? I pray that the, the, the uniqueness of this Christmas celebration would be a marked difference in your lives for many reasons. Bring on the rain. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be with you and all the people." For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavens, of hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom He is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told of them. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we read the account of history 
and how and when you sent your Son, that we might know you by faith, believing in the incredible and miraculous work that only you could do. And so we are so very thankful, but as we continue our time of worship, looking into your word, I would ask that all of these truths, the facts of who you are and what you've done, would be the greatest blessing this group of people that you have gathered here today might know to the depths of their being, and that they might know you now and forever for their good and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I am glad to be with you this morning as I sweat. I read to you an account of history from Luke chapter 2. Many of you have heard it before. Growing up in your families, maybe grandpa read that story to you before you ate your Christmas meal. Maybe it was a cousin, or maybe it was a family member. Maybe you remember that story over and over. Being told, being shared, and your mind drifts because when you were little, you had a reading part in the Christmas program, and you were the shepherd, or the wise men, or Joseph, or maybe you were Mary. And you think about all of these pictures, and you're taken into a nostalgic bliss of fantastic things. And while this story is accurate, and it is true, because we hear it, and because we read it, right? These, these things real in our lives, and maybe it's the, the circumstance of my own life, there's another piece of Scripture that I want to make sure that we share this morning. This piece of Scripture is profound in its truth, just like the account that we read, but it is the beginning of another gospel. As we look at the beginning of Matthew, we see the account of the birth of Christ. The beginning of, of Luke, we see the account of the birth of Christ, and in the gospel of John, we have the same. And so if you have your Bible, open it to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Maybe you've not thought about that. Maybe because so many times when people are growing in their faith of Jesus, we tell them, hey, read the gospel of John. Read the gospel of John. We tell people to read the gospel of John because John makes a very poignant and factual account of things and wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, first and foremost, who Jesus is. I want you to know today who Jesus is. This baby that we celebrate, I see babies all over in here. Yeah, yeah, babies are born, right? We have people who raise sheep shepherds. Great, yep. But not getting lost on what he did for us too and that we might have an intercessor that knows everything we've gone through. John wants to make sure that you know the full and beautiful and profound gift that God gave the world. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God And the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And life shined, excuse me, the life was the light of men, and light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning. The very first thing that we are to know about Jesus is that Jesus is eternal. John uses the exact same words that open the Hebrew Bible in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning God. And so that we might know that they're related, John says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus is eternal. That means that when we celebrate what we're celebrating in this season, we're not celebrating a birthday the way we know it. We are celebrating what what, and I'll sum it all up here, that John is saying is that Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. Now, many classic scholars make a, a lot of different things out of this, and one of those opinions is, is that when you look at the phrase, I'm going to trip over this log When you look at the phrase, the word, the Greeks used the word, the word. They had surmised that, right? Recorded in Greek, it's logos, okay? Now, their philosophers had spent years and years and years and years and decades arguing over the essence and the reality of all things, that that, that kind of the, the one force or power that was behind all of life. And so Greek philosophers come up and they say, Logos. It is possible that John is saying, not, not only did, right, in the beginning the Word, right, existed, but in the beginning and from all time behind that every essence of all things has appeared. That's possible. It's profound, it's true. But there is another connection to the Word. You see, in this same account of John in John chapter 1, there are two characters. There's Jesus, and then there's the announcement of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was sent to make straight paths of the Lord. And in chapter 1, verse 19, it says, and this is the testimony of John. John is, John is sharing a testimony Words, declaration of those things, but what he is sharing, right? Testimony, Jesus is the word. The testimony, the sharing, Jesus is everything that's being declared. There's a truth behind who he is. Excuse me, there is truth in who he is. There is a a representation in his actions and in his ministry and all of these things. It is God's final word on all things. This is why Jesus says in John chapter 15, abide in my word. Abide in me. Everything about me. Abide. Remain. Continue in these things. An invitation. An invitation to behold and to believe. As I read earlier, 
the true light, which gave light to everyone, has come into the world, and the world was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who did believe. And so we know that Jesus is eternal. We know that Jesus is the Father's final word about all things. If you have any question of the will of the Father, it's recorded for us in John chapter 6. The will of the Father is this. Behold my Son and believe, and you will have life everlasting. These are the things that that are repeated for us over and over in John. In John chapter 3, uh, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is. In John chapter 3, verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Believe, believe, believe. Believe what? Believe every factual account of history. I've said before and I'll say it again. You can't separate the world's greatest gift from God's word. And you can't change God's word, though you change the gift itself. And this is like no other gift that you have ever received in your life. I like to be a gift giver. I like to give gifts. When I give a gift, I think about those that I'm giving the gifts to. I think about what it is that they need. I think about what it is that they might like. And then I think about what it is that I can afford. <laughs> and oftentimes what they'd need or what they'd like, right, uh, is limited by what I can afford. And so they either get a knockoff, right? They get something used or they get something, I don't know, that they got last year too. But God is a gift giver in different ways. You see, through him and by him, all things are created. And you and I were created to have a relationship with God. The Bible says that God sets eternity in our hearts. That is a question, an invitation to, to, to search all of truth and all of things so that we might come and understand who he is and what he's done to trust him. And as Joel went through the last number of weeks, trust and repentance and surrender and all of these things, begging the question to believe what? To believe that God really did what we are celebrating on this day, that Jesus did come. Emmanuel, God with us. You want to stop and think about something profound. Think about it. Through him and by him, all things were created. That the eternal Jesus would, for our sakes, confine himself to the womb of a woman for nine months. That he would grow up so that each and every one of us, right, we say, oh, he doesn't know what it's like to be little. Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, he doesn't know what it's like to go through and suffer. Yeah, yeah, he does. So that, that this relationship that we're, we're asked to, to, to behold, to have rightfully back with God through Christ, we might be assured that he knows us in every way. And he knows that at the depth, like I want to give gifts of what I might be able to give or afford you. At his resource and at his end are all things. And what he knows each and every one of us need more than anything else is him. 
Him. Our great gift in the gospel is to have our relationship with God reconciled and to be back to how He intended. And so we believe God sent His Son, that He died that he conquered death and was risen again, and that today he's alive, and he intercedes on, on our behalf, that we might experience the gift that he's given us in him, both now and everlasting. Because in him is life. He's the word, right? He's the creator, and in him is life. Hey, have any one of you ever been challenged with the question, like, yeah, but, and it normally comes from little kids, but it can come anywhere, right? Yeah, but where did God come from? Yeah, but when, when did he arrive, right? And, and, and again, when our children ask this graciously and kindly, we, we deal with them and we exercise, we say, well, first and foremost, you need to know that, that God is eternal. He has always existed. Yeah, but, but, when, but when did he start? And that's because all through our lives, right, a, a bit of an atheistic argument at times wants us to believe that from matter comes living things, and from those living things comes life and people, and, right? And, and it just doesn't hold up. It, it, that, that, that evolution of the, the cosmic soup and Big Bang, just, it, it's just a denial of the Creator. And so... As we answer these questions, we need to know, John's trying to tell us, uh, hey, in the beginning was the Word, and in the beginning was life, and in the beginning was the light, and in the beginning and through and in, it's all about Him. And from Him comes matter. In the beginning, in the beginning God spoke and said, and it was so. In Him is life and matter and living and people with purpose. In him is life. And so if you want to experience the things of that, I have to stop and pause right now and tell you. Believe the whole thing. Doesn't mean we have to be experts all in a day. But would you take the simple extension of the invitation of God to behold his son and believe and have life everlasting? In your life, it needs to look something like this on your own time. Or you pray and you tell him, God, thank you for sending your son. Please forgive me for running away. Come into my life. Be my everything. I want to know your love, your joy, your hope, your peace. If you pray that, and I pray you do, you will open the greatest Christmas gift you've ever had. Because now, your life is included in Christ, who is not just a babe in a manger, but who is God. And you and I become his children, and he cares for us with all the resources of heaven. To those of you who have put your faith and trust in him, know this. That the hope, the joy, the peace, the love, anything that we see, what John is saying is, is, you want hope? Let me tell you the truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word took on flesh. Jesus is hope. 
You want peace? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word took on flesh. Jesus is peace. You don't separate these things. You want all of this stuff. We're called and challenged to remain in that and exercise that. And the result of that isn't just so that we can, kumbaya, woohoo, for us. He wants to equip us to use us in a world that doesn't know it. So that if he's light, we're light. That if he's hope, we can be filled with hope. That if, that if since what he's done for us grants us this great peace, we can be peacemakers in the world. And the world needs to know that. Only a half mile or more to go. Uh, while we were out in Vegas, I was actually on the UNLV grounds at the time of the shooting. I had uh, safely protected my princess in a carriage and sent her off and away. <laughs> actually, in truth, Tammy and I were both trying to get away, but I got a phone call. I said, John, hey, we need you, and you need to get down here. We need you to help with grand entry practice and this and that and the other. And then the princess, she just went shopping without me. So that's how that worked. But while we were down there and we were organizing things, and we have all the cowboys and cowgirls and their horses were getting ready. You guys all saw it on TV, maybe that grand entry practice. It's kind of a big wild horse show, but uh, we're getting ready for that. And as we're doing so, some college students go, phew, 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 phew. someone says, hey, I think they just said something about a shooting. And everybody's like, mm, college students, okay, let's keep going, you know, we're working. And all of a sudden, the word over the loudspeakers is, everybody in the Thomas and Mac now, everyone. So all the horses, all the cowboys, all the cowgirls, all of us staff, all of us people were there. We were shoved into the Thomas and Mack in the arena floor while the police department and the police at UNLV and all of those people that were called upon took out the shooter and then proceeded to sweep through all of the other buildings, including the Thomas and Mack. And it was kind of chaotic. And there was some fear in the room. It was a big room. And there are lots of different people, lots of different things. And so it wasn't until everything was all over and someone said, were you scared? And I thought, actually, no. Not because of some false bravado. Not because, would you be scared if you were me? <laughs> I mean, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> Just so you know, she'll test, I'm all that and more. Actually, she probably testifies something completely different. But moving on. No, I wasn't. Because earlier that morning, I was reading John chapter 1. He sent light into darkness, and darkness will not overcome it. And I know. Because I prayed that prayer, and I asked Jesus to come into my life to seal me and make me that I'm included in the Word. I'm included in life. I'm included in light. I'm included in Him. And He exercises a power like no other. And no one will separate us from Him in our lives included in His care. And so it wasn't bravado. It wasn't bravery. It wasn't what it was. It was just trust. It was a great assurance that Whatever he wants to do, he's going to do with me. And in that relationship, trusting him so very much, 
I was able in a small part to take care of other people who didn't know it. That's why he does what he does. That we might not just keep this, this holiday Christmas gift unto our own, but that we might in time with him, our relationship with him, letting him. And this, is why, this is why John does what he does in John chapter 1. He says, he says I want you to know of all the stuff you're going to read through the rest of this book, of everything that's going to happen, I need you to know, first and foremost, Jesus, who I'm going to tell you all about, he's God. And he's, he's a big deal. And to him belongs the honor and glory and power and dominion. And if you want to know the things of God, then you got to get to know Jesus. And if you want to have that assurance of your life protected by him in all things, then we don't just celebrate this, put it away, and go about our lives. It's each and every day. Remain in his word. Remain in him. Remain in his hope. Remain in his peace. Remain in his joy. Remain in his love. Bask in the finished work of what he's done that you and I might have a relationship with the creator of all things. That'll put a smile on your face. Assurance in your heart. And you might find that the Holy Spirit leads and guides you to remembrance and to places you never dreamt. But they'll be so very good. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I do. I thank you so very much for this group of people, for who you are and what you've done. Lord, for those this morning that have prayed, believing in the finished work of your son Jesus, have asked for their sin to be forgiven and for you to come in their lives, I pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would indwell them, seal them, and make them your children. That they might, as each and every one of us should, Learn to fellowship with you through prayer, through time in your word, and through fellowship with others who also belong to you. Lord, we're not asking these things so that we can just be guilt-free or no longer filled with anxiety, but we're asking these things so that fear and guilt and shame would be pressed away because you have been magnified in our lives. Have your way with us. For your sake, for your glory, grow your rightful place in our lives. And then use us, that others might know your word, your love, and your light. For your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It is our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, only Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be the glory the majesty, the dominion, and the authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.